0: Welcome back to another episode of Hey Kids. This is Titans Talk with Kayson, an unofficial Tennessee Titans podcast. Joining me, as always, my co-host, my mom. What's up, babe? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Hi, everybody.
1: Um, I am so happy that we are back in the studio. It feels like it's been a minute. I think since May was our last podcast episode for yeah. our-
0: uh, the episode release or the schedule release. release. My bad. <laughs>
1: You know, school's back, and Titans football season is almost here. I cannot wait. Before we get started into this episode, we have a very special
0: guest in our virtual studio, and uh, he's here with a very special announcement. He's a friend of the pod and a former guest. Welcome back, Nate Bain, Director of Social and Influencer Marketing Strategies for the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) Yay! Welcome back, Nate.
2: Always a fan of the air horn. Yes. Thank y'all for having me. We, uh, we're, we've been gearing up for this season as everyone else is. Everyone's excited. Uh, and, you know, we picked up some great players. Uh, Julio Jones is one that everyone's talking about. But the newest one we're all going to be talking about. We've got to change your unofficial to official because we picked up the best free agent podcast out there. The one you guys are on right now. And we're going to bring in. Hey, kids, this is Titans Talk with Kaysen to the Titans podcast family.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> we need all the air horn. Yes. All of it. <laughs> if we go to the Super Bowl this year, it won't only be because of Julio. It might be because of this podcast as well.
0: Oh, we're here for that. Yes, we right? totally are.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we are, you know, this has been a dream, I know, for Kason since we started the show. And it's crazy to believe that in November, it will be two years since he's been on all of the podcast platforms. Uh, I didn't even say that right. I'm so excited. Podcast platforms. And so to be a part of the Titans family officially, this is, well, you know,
0: it's pretty crazy. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Um, I'm just, I'm just so grateful for this, um, all the possibilities in this. Opportunity to expand our podcast. I'm just so excited, and again, thank you so much. I'm I'm really excited.
2: Yeah, this is going to be awesome. We've obviously been following you guys for, like I said, two years. I can't believe it's kind of flown by. Um, it's been cool to get not only you guys, season ticket members, but we've you know, mom has been a part of the PA announcer search and the fan. We see the family at the game. You may even see you guys in, the, in the back of some code of conduct videos later this year, but. uh yeah, I think this is like a logical step for us and hopefully, like you said, a way to grow what you're already doing. Uh, kids like sports as well. They're probably some probably more knowledgeable than uh, myself and your mom. So it's cool to listen to your take on the NFL Titans. I think it's also super cool how you talk to Mike Keith and Jim Wyatt and all these different people and parts and Elijah Molden and how they kind of got to where they are. Uh, it's just a different take on some of the media we always see. So I think we got to... Really big and special things coming uh, this year, particularly with this podcast.
1: We're it's super excited and we cannot wait to bring some really cool content. We're going to be changing the format up just a little. We're still going to have the, uh, well, no, you're not fifth grade. That's when you started it. It's yeah, I was in fifth grade. <laughs> crazy. So, would you be the seventh graders' forecast? How would um, you do that? I'm not sure. Well, Nate, thank you so much for this fantastic opportunity. I know Kaysen's excited. We're excited. I think that all we have left to say is let's go.
0: Let's go.
2: <laughs> let's go. Tighten up.
0: Tighten up.
1: Tighten up. Um, How about that announcement?
0: So crazy. Thank you so much, Fantasy Titans, for believing in me. And our show, super excited, and we're looking forward to working with you. I can't believe I'm saying I'm looking forward to working with the Titans.
1: Yeah. I went back and I listened to your very first episode, and it's, first of all, so crazy to hear how, you know, you're getting older, obviously your voice has changed a little bit, and um, but you're a fifth grade, and just how much you have grown in this process, how much we have grown as a show... And I remember you talked about in that very first episode why you wanted to start the podcast. So be sure and go back and check that out. It's so sweet
0: to listen to. But yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. High five to that. So listener, if you want to hear more from our conversation with Nate Bain, just tune into episode 11 wherever you tune into the show. Shout out to all of our previous guests. Channel 4's Justin Beasley, voice of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Keith, game day hype man Lance Smith, TennesseeTitans.com writer Jim Wyatt, ESPN's Teron Davenport, Buck Rising from 104.5 The Zone, plus A to Z Sports Nashville, Titans uni Tracker Rob Naylor, Brad Willis from Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, and Titans rookie Elijah Molden. still can't believe we've had all those guests on. I know, it's, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And they've really been a part of helping us grow the show too. So big shout out to those guys. Our episode today is a bit more of a super episode, Along with my normal Tennessee Titans content, we're including a really great conversation we had recently with someone who actually played in the very first Super Bowl or then known as the AFL-NFL World Championship. It was so great,
1: this, this conversation we had. This summer, we met Mr. Dave Hathcock at the rec center where our family works out. And we overheard him telling someone a story about his time with the Green Bay Packers and how he really did play in the very first Super Bowl. And if you're listening and you're confused right now because there this is a Titans podcast, don't worry. His story is so good, and we had to share it with you, but it does tie in a bit with the Oilers and Titans legacy.
0: Yeah, he talks about how he got drafted and his time playing for the legendary Vince Lombardi, the guy who the Super Bowl trophy is named after. In case you're new to the show, welcome, by the way and you're still learning about the Titans. Team owner, Miss Amy Adams Strunk's dad, Mr. Bud Adams, started the team in 1960 in Houston, Texas. They were the Houston Oilers and the charter members of the American Football League, otherwise known as the AFL then. The Packers were in the NFL, and they played opposite of the AFL in the first Super Bowl. And that's a tie-in with Mr. Dave in our show.
1: It's so cool just to hear that history. And listener, As you'll hear, he was an educator and a coach in the Nashville area for over 30 years. And he's been to some Titans games, so there you go. kind of ties it all together. And with Grandparents Day coming up this Sunday, September 12th, we thought it was the perfect episode to ask your grandparents about if they remember the first Super Bowl and maybe they even remember Mr. Dave.
0: Speaking of this Sunday, September 12th, it's our home opener. Yay! So we play the Arizona Cardinals, who were better last year. I mean, they were better than hell they've been. But they are still an opponent to take seriously. Mm-hmm. They have some members we've previously seen. This is the first time we'll be facing Kyler Murray, yep. who's the quarterback. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. W- which we remember. Uh, From
1: the Houston Texans. They moved over to the Cardinals last season, correct?
0: Uh, Hopkins moved to the Cardinals in the... Oh yeah, he was.
1: Yep. There you go. Yep. In nineteen, and then J.J. Watt went over to the Cardinals La-
0: this off season.
1: Oh, man, time is
0: just flying. Sorry. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> and they have Jonathan Joseph who played with us. Oh yeah, up to the Cincinnati Bengals game mm-hmm. last season. Yep, and their coach, he's pretty good. They've definitely have a team that should not be taken too lightly. And their offense is still, well, they're not, I mean, their offense is still learning, but they're definitely a threat. So our defense needs to stay tight and um, be ready for Kyler passing because he can throw that ball Mm -hmm. and they have to be ready for that. And our defensive line needs to get up in there. Their offensive line has been somewhat solid, but still a little um, mistakes now and then. They need to take advantage of those mistakes in order to have Kyler's jersey full of grass stains.
1: (laughs) like to hear that and I think based on the at least the first two preseason games that we had that the defense looked pretty dang good yeah I think the Titans defense
0: definitely a big improvement um, Mm on last year Mm um I'm excited to see that yep
1: and friend of the pod Elijah Molden he was balling out I'm telling you that second game wouldn't you say
0: yeah against the Bucs
1: and you can check out our conversation with Elijah on the previous episode to this one, number 38.
0: Um, I'm most excited to see a couple players. I'm excited to see Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. Everybody's been ready for him, right? Yep. And I'm also excited to see Henry, Tannehill, and all those main guys back.
1: AJ, since his surgery. Taylor Lewan. this will be his first yeah, game first back. Yeah, first game in a while. Since, I think he tweeted out said October 17th was his... Last time on the field. Yep,
0: against the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. So we're ready. Yeah, we're ready to see that. Also, I'm ready to see Elijah Molden on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to see what they can do.
1: Bud Dupree.
0: Bud Dupree, yes, from Pittsburgh. Jack Rabbit
1: Jenkins, yes,
0: from New Orleans. Yeah, and a lot of new guys. Yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see we're hyped. that. And
1: speaking of hype, sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to make sure that we share with our listener that they absolutely have to check out this new docuseries by the Tennessee Titans. It is called A Titan Story, Mississippi Made, and you can find it on YouTube. That is a three-part series. You can also go to TennesseeTitans.com and find it on their video page. It is so great. Oh my gosh, we absolutely loved it. And they share the story about Jeffrey Simmons and AJ Brown and how they used to be rivals in high school and then in college, and now how they're playing together for the Titans. And it is just 10 out of 10 recommend. What do you think, Kason?
0: Yes, I do. All right. There you have it. And one of the big things in our podcast last year was uniforms. And Which you love the uni. Yeah. We all
1: love the unis, right? Yep. So, friend of the pod, Rob Naylor from Titans Uni Tracker. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter, at Titans Uni, and also on episode 30 of our show. We had a really cool conversation with him, and so be sure to check that out. We have some statistics from the 2020
0: season on what it looked like for the whole year. Do you want to break those down for us? They wore seven different team uniform combos, ties the team record, uh, which was t- 2006 and 2017. The most jerseys they wore was the white jerseys, which they went seven and one in. The most breeches they wore were Navy breeches, which they went eight and three in, in 101 and 84 all time. Most worn combo was the white over Navy. They wore that six times and they went five and one.
1: So it's not a bad thing that we wear white over Navy. I mean, we won six times. Yep. Well, they wore it six times. We won five. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I would like to see some more of that light blue. Yeah. Your favorite, right?
0: Um, I would like to see more of that on the field this season. Definitely would like to see um in all light blue under the lights. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. I can't wait to see the Titans fans back cheering on the boys. At Nissan Stadium. Oh yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. All right.
1: Well before we go, listener, we again just really wanna thank you for helping us get here. Where we are at, now that we are officially part of the Titans podcast family, it just feels amazing. That's it's so crazy. That's crazy. That. It is. It is. It's going to take some getting used to. And be sure to check out the other podcasts that are available with the Tennessee Titans, the official Titans podcast, also known as the OTP. And there's another podcast that's just joined the Titans family. It's called Out of Bounds with Jamie Robinson and Abby Flitner. Jamie Robinson is married to general manager John Robinson. So be sure to check out both of those shows. And again, we're just so grateful to the Tennessee Titans for believing in us. And listener, we would not have made it this far without you. So huge shout out to you right now. And if you're new and you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe now wherever you are listening from. You can find us on Instagram at Titans Talk with titanstalkwithkason for more content and for pics and videos from our episodes that we've had interviews with. Also check out our show notes for more info on what we talked about in this episode. And just to give you a heads up with the audio on our conversation with uh, Mr. Dave Hafcock coming up here in just a minute. We did it in person and it was our first time doing an in-person interview and the uh, Mike situation, I'm still trying to get that figured out. So, just to let you know, uh, you can hear him a bit more clearly than you can hear us, but it's still... I'm a hearable. perfectionist. Yeah, it's there you go. It's hearable. Um, and so, yeah.
0: Thank you, Mom, as always, for joining me in the studio. It's awesome to have you in here and do the episodes. Dude. Happy to. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Mr. Dave Hathcock of Super Bowl One. Oh. oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to Tighten up up and be be Tennessee Tennessee tough. tough. So my guest today is a former Green Bay Packers defensive back who actually played in the very first Super Bowl. Welcome to the show, Dave Hathcock. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Dave. Well, thank
3: you. It's, It's good for me to be here.
0: I'm just hyped to have you on here. When you were a kid, what did you want to be growing up?
3: I wanted to be the best athlete in the whole world. You know, you you had that dream as, as a small kid. Well, one of my heroes was Jim Thorpe. And I saw a movie of him when I was very young. I said, I want to be like Jim Thorpe. And he did everything. He played football. He played basketball. He ran track. He won the Olympics as a decathlete and as a, pent- a pentathlon. And they don't have it for men anymore. But I wanted to be like a Jim Thorpe. And but you have the dreams and then it takes some work to get to that dream. <laughs> oh yeah. So it totally does <laughs> that's that's the that's the experience that, that you have, you know, in your life and some people don't really try to achieve that dream. And I just happen to be part of that group that has over the years. Oh, so yeah. that's fun.
1: So you wouldn't—it wouldn't matter to you what um, sport you played. You just wanted to be the best athlete.
3: I wanted to be the best of anything that I ever did. Yeah. As far as athletics is concerned. Now my studies, they, the teachers didn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, did you love sports or play sports when you were growing up?
3: Oh, uh, I love I love sports, but it was like around the neighborhood. You played sports. You played baseball, you played football, you just, you basketball, and you just, you didn't, That's that was the thing, that was the only thing you could do because there wasn't anything else to do. And so you just played and played and played and played and had a good time. And you learned by playing what was going on. And then later on when you got older, I didn't start playing sports, organized sports until after the seventh grade, I, when I started playing on the baseball team. It was a church baseball team. I was third base. I made the all-star team that year and uh, played in the all-star game. And we were um, having a good game and I came up to bat. Somebody in the stands says, who's winning the game? My coach says, we're winning the game five to five. And so they walked me. I stole second, stole third, and somebody hit, hit me in and we won the game six to five. Nice. I never f- forgot about that positive coach. Now in um, the eighth grade, started off playing football. And uh, I didn't like football. F- football is a dangerous sport. You get hurt in football. I had a homeroom teacher. His name was Frank Blaskovich. Scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he was, he was like a Vince Lombardi that that I had later on. Uh, he was just an outstanding individual, and he loved kids and loved to get get the best out of you. But one day we had the nutcracker drill, and uh, we had practice with seventh eighth and ninth and tenth grade because we only had a tenth grade in the high school so they all practiced together coach said uh, where's my little man where's my little man <laughs> and uh got the the big the best running back on the team i had to go against him and hit him as hard as i could i hit him with everything i had and he just knocked me back the different <laughs> direction and i sprang my ankle oh no, and um no. so He said, good job, good job, little man, Lewis. So, I stayed home two weeks and watched the World Series. Then the next year, I was a quarterback on the football team, and uh, the day before the World Series, the running back stepped on my foot. At the end of the ball game, my foot swelled up and I couldn't walk after the game. Oh, no. So, I stayed home two weeks and watched the World Series. Um, Sophomore year, getting ready to go to school, and all of a sudden, I told my mom, I said, would World Series start tomorrow? I'll probably break my leg. And oh. I, di- I did.
2: <laughs> what? Oh, I, no. I was, oh my goodness. I broke my
3: leg that, that afternoon. But my dad always told me, go full speed. Whatever you do, go full speed. Because when you go half speed, you can get hurt. Well, I got hurt the play before. I got the wind knocked out of me. And I was only going half speed the next play. And that's when I broke my leg. Oh, my my mother makes me go to school the next day, and the coaches felt really sad that I was had broken legs, so they let me sit in the gym for two weeks and watch World Series. <laughs> but after that, I decided I, I was tired of getting hurt, and I wanted to do something and start hurting people <laughs> instead of getting hurt. And once I made that decision, my athletic in high school changed drastically. Junior year, I was a starter as a middle, middle linebacker. I was a second-string fullback, and the first-string fullback was 6'2", 220 pounds, and I I knew I wouldn't probably get a chance. And we played our first game of the season. It was 103 degrees in Memphis at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All I wanted to do was play three downs and get off the field on the defensive side. And then all of a sudden, that big old guy in the fullback position got hurt. And I went in, and I had aspirations of just running over people for my first football score. And they called my number, and I ran around the right end, and guess what? Nobody came within 10 yards of me. I forgot about people blocking for me. So. They blocked for me. I said there are other times that I didn't have all that blocking, but that at my first touchdown was much easier than in sandlot football was. But they was hard to come later on. But that was a different experience, and the team concept was totally different. When you got into the team, and the importance of the team was very, very important. That was a good thing.
0: Really good thing. Um, so, do you have a favorite sports besides football?
3: Would you believe it or not? I like basketball.
0: NBA, college.
3: I like just play but I didn't play basketball until my senior year. After football, I started running cross country. I got 11th in the city of Memphis running cross country, but I had a really good team, so it was I was supporting the team. Then my senior year, I didn't have that team effort, and I didn't want to just run cross country, so I, I said, I, I'll play basketball. So I got on the basketball team, and I got in the varsity game, and I shot the ball, and I missed the rim, the backboard, everything my basketball and as a senior, all of a sudden became a B team senior <laughs> basketball player. <laughs> I never played on the varsity anymore. I just, I played on nothing but the B team. But what it, what it did for me was it, it gave me the ability to jump, learning, jumping and everything. And I got where I could jump much better. And uh, the year before I could only long jump about 16 feet in the long jump. And then when I ran track as a junior, uh, Different things happened because I got older, got stronger, got bigger and faster. Then when, when we had the state decathlon, I, I set the record for the state in the long jump for, for about 30 years. What? I attributed that to the uh, playing basketball my senior year, and Love most that. people wouldn't have done it. I'm not playing because you know I'm not getting any chance to play, but I did it. Because I've, I've coached and I've had a lot of kids over the years say, if I don't get played, I'm quitting And so I didn't quit so I kept on playing and kept on trying and it worked out for me.
0: Do you have any favorite teams now that you root for?
3: The Green Bay Packers.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now the, all the other teams I had uh, no special teams beyond that but uh, I watched the Titans play quite a bit because they're nice. a home team yes. and, and so I, I watched them. Now I did have a, a bad situation with the Packers and the Titans I went to the uh, tailgate party with at the Titans, and uh, the Titans beat the pack- Packers that day, and I, that was really a bad situation for me.
0: <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember that game. It was in 2016. Yeah, yeah 2016. I uh-huh. uh, think they won like 47 to 26, I think. I don't like
3: remember that. what scores. Are. I just remember we get beat or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it was not good.
3: Yeah. We didn't play very well, so.
0: So, um, what year did you start playing for the Green Bay Packers after you got drafted?
3: I got drafted in November of 1965. I came back from uh, Washington, D.C. I was playing football at, at Memphis State. Got home about 11 o'clock. About 12 o'clock, I got a, a telephone call said contact the Packers. I wrote down the name and uh, the number, and the next morning I woke up, I said, Western Union called me and said, I don't know why they called me. And I said, some of my teammates are playing a joke on me. And so I called Western Union. And then they told me the Green Bay Packers had called.
1: So I have to interrupt. Yeah. Western Union. Why the direct through Western
3: Union? It was a telegraph. It was a telegraph. Do you
1: know what a telegraph is?
3: To no. inform you. <laughs> Can it you was, explain? It was a way way to communicate to people. See, you didn't have cell phones. You didn't. You had phones but if you wanted to communicate as quickly as possible, a telegraph was probably the best way to do it. And especially at nighttime, 12 o'clock, most people are going to be in bed asleep. So that was the best way to communicate.
0: Didn't it have, like, its own like language or something? Like it's like a code or something? Or is it just That's like- Morse
3: code. That's oh. Morse code, yeah. yeah.
1: But would you say that a telegraph is basically like a, a text message now, but somebody had to call it into an office, they had to type it up, and then they had to hand deliver it? Absolutely. Or- okay.
3: And it, it's just like your phone.
1: Yep, but a little you,
0: slower.
3: Yeah, much much slower.
0: Very bad service.
1: So I
3: had I had this telegraph was delivered to me, and uh, the next day I called him and said, "What what was this about?" And I found out that it wasn't a joke that that somebody had actually drafted me. And I said I didn't know what a draft was.
2: <laughs> wow. Didn't
3: have anything. I didn't have any knowledge of any of this stuff. So I called. Got the telephone number and called them that that day. Then I went to the coaches at school and asked them, you know, what 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 does this mean? Because I had no thought of what in the world of drafting was. And they said, Well, you got to you got to negotiate your contract. I said, Okay, I got to negotiate my contract. So I I understand that part. They said, oh, you also have to go negotiate your bonus. I said, what is a bonus? <laughs> and so I got a little information there. And then that next night I went out, or next day, I went out to uh, dinner with a guy and sat there for dinner and negotiated my contract and my bonus that night for six, six hours. Then was drafted and went to training camp as a rookie. First, one of the first things I did was buy a car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
3: So I bought a car. And I uh, went to training camp. The first guy I met at training camp was Bart Starr. Wow. Bart Whoa. Bart was the first guy at training camp, at rookie camp. And uh, I was sitting there and walking down the locker room, and all of a sudden I look at my name was on the locker. And I, I said, I've never seen my name on the locker before. And this guy came down, and he was walking down the locker room, and all of a sudden he sticks his hand out, and he says, I'm Bart Starr. I said, I'm Dave Hathcott. He said, Oh, you're the defensive back from Memphis State. And I said, I already knew who he was. He was a legend when I when I arrived there, and he knew who I was, the position I played, and what school I came. That was impressive, and super
0: impressive.
3: That was very impressive. So that was that was the first experience I ever had with any of the Green Bay Packers players.
1: Amazing. And it was. And for our listener that might not know who Bart Starr is, he was number 15. He was the quarterback for the Packers, correct? All
3: pro, Hall of Famer. All pro,
1: yeah. And I didn't realize he was from Alabama.
3: Yep. Good old Alabama.
1: So I have a question as far as the draft process then, or, or time frame versus draft now. So you mentioned you were... Drafted in November of '65, but then when did training camp start? Because doesn't July of, okay, so you were. Dra- it's interesting because the draft is now in April, and then the guys mm-hmm. are in training camp by July, and then season we, starts. September. We played.
3: We played our last game of the of this in November, and that's the day of the draft. And I didn't know anything about oh, the draft. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and I, if I had to do over again, I prefer the way it was then as opposed to now. Because...
1: Do you feel like you have more time to prepare? Or they would have more time to prepare? I
3: just, um, I didn't have to worry about anything because I didn't know anything. (laughs) And that was very nice.
1: It's nice.
3: Very nice. (laughs) We played played the last game of the season and all of a sudden I come back to Memphis and find out that I was drafted. Oh, by the way, I was drafted in the same round as Bart Starr. 17th 17th round.
1: Whoa, that's crazy. 17th round.
3: Made me feel really good.
1: Yes, no kidding.
3: (laughs) Now the other thing that I learned about drafting, you were talking about drafting, you think about all the people in the country that want to play professional football. Yeah. There were only 280 people that were drafted in the NFL. Out of 280 people, Each team had 20 people that were selected. Your opportunity is very slim, and out of the 20 people drafted, only three of them made the team. The number one pick, number two pick, and number 17, which is me. So, So, so,
1: yeah, I'm totally confused by that. How would that work? Did you not have the same number of players on the field? We had, I mean, on the sidelines, as they do today? No. Like there's 53. There's, there's, so uh, there's
3: 40 on the on the team at okay, that time. There's okay. 53 now. So you have a lot more people playing, but there are a lot less people actually playing the game because there are only 11 out there on the field at right. one time. Um, everybody on the team with 40 have, has to do something. The only guy that did not play in the first Super Bowl was, was Paula Horny. He's the only one that didn't play.
1: And who was he?
3: He was a— Heisman Trophy winner at Notre Dame, Okay. Hall of Famer. He's special.
1: I'm getting this education today. Yeah. I love it. He was
3: kind of special, but he was at the end of his career. And Lombardi asked him if he wanted to go in the game. He said, there's no need for me to go in. He said, just let these guys play. He was very nice about it.
0: What's your favorite memory from the very first Super Bowl?
3: Well, there's so many memories, but some of the, the things that stand out more than anything is just one. This was a totally different games supposedly we didn't call it the super bowl at that time we called it the afl nfl championship game so we're going out on the football field and i'm walking with max mcgee out on the football field and he says well i guess i guess i'll go out and be a hero today i'm thinking max you're crazy you haven't even played in the last two or three games <laughs> and so then boyd Dowler gets hurt and max has to go in and all of a sudden throw a pass to max mcgee and he drops the football. Oh, no. He drops it. He goes back to the huddle, and he says, boy, you can't even see out here with all this smog out here. L.A. had a lot of smog. He said, you can't see. And so Starr calls the same play, and little post route across the middle. Starr hits him right in the hand, catches the ball with one hand, and runs into the end zone, scores his first touchdown. That was impressive because here was a sub that wasn't even going to play, and he became a hero that day. Now, That's amazing. Now, the first thing that came to my mind more than anything. We were sitting around in a huddle, around on the middle of the football field, getting ready to play the game. And our captain was um, Elijah Pitts. And so we're sitting there talking. He said, look around here. Just look at all these people. There's thousands of people here looking at us. And there's millions and millions of people out on television watching us and said, you know what they're wondering? What in in the world are we talking about?
0: (laughs) It's true, though. It's 100% true. And he says,
3: says, let's go out and make history. Wow. And that's what we did. We went out and made history. That was the first kickoff of the first circle.
1: And for our listener, I I just wanted to make this observation. Watching you tell the story and, and just recalling what he said, I could see it in your eyes that you were actually visualizing where you were in that game, where you were on the field. I could almost feel it that you were seeing that when you were sharing that experience. We were looking really around exciting. the stadium,
3: looking at all those people. Yeah. Now that was the only stadium that we didn't it didn't have a full crowd. That was impressive because it was the champion of the AFL and mm-hmm. the champion of the NFL. People didn't think the AFL was going to be able to. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> go against the. In, in NFL, right? Because they were the big daddies, and mm-hmm. they had the new beginning. A guy in New York changed all that.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you want to expand on that one a
0: little bit?
3: Who was that guy's name in, with the Jets? Do you remember his uh, name? Oh
0: yeah,
3: Joe Namath. Who? Joe Namath? <laughs> yeah. When Joe Namath, I was I was up in. Aspen, Colorado, snow skiing, when that Super Bowl game was going on. And I got up to the very top of the uh, mountain, and I was, was only two minutes left in the game, and I, I see where the NFL is getting beat. I said, oh, man, that's the history has changed <laughs> <laughs> only in three years. It's changed. So he made a tremendous impression on, on the game of football. Joe Namath. I met Joe Namath up in New York. We were at a nightclub and there were about 12 football players there. I was sitting at the end down there, I didn't have my glasses on, and it was kind of dark, and I was sitting there, and this guy walked, and all the guys had their coats and ties, and all of a sudden this guy walked in and down at the end of the other table, and he had a black leather jacket, looked kind of like a thug. (laughs) I said, how in the world did he get in here? And I said, oh, that's Joe (laughs) Namath. No wonder he got in here.
1: Oh, that's so great. That's awesome. I was wondering if you could share with our listener how long you played with the Packers, and then you went on from there to another team. Can you share briefly what that's all about? What happened there?
3: We played the Super Bowl last, well, Super Bowl. The last two minutes of the game, some little squirt hit me and hit me in the knee, and my knee was injured. I didn't really know how bad that was injured oh, at gosh. that point. But I wasn't performing quite as well the next year with the Packers. And so we played our last game of the season. I came uh, into the dressing room and Lombardi said, when you're in the dressing room uh, uh, or you're there, you're part of the team. And so I walked in, I looked at my locker there and a, a personnel director came right there through the do- door right there. He said, come here, Dave. So I walked outside. He said, well, you just got traded to New York.
1: What?
3: You got traded <laughs> in New York.
1: Right after and the so- last game?
3: It was after the last game. Wow. This was we last game was on Saturday, and then Monday morning is when they they told me. And um, you were depressed, you know, and because that you'd spent a whole year with that group of people and and there you can't believe the teamwork that those guys had. It, it was just fantastic. Like Willie Davis, I mean Willie uh, Willie Wood, I played behind Willie Wood, and he said he said Dave, I'm gonna teach you everything I know it's just too bad you never get a chance to use it. And I started laughing. I said, what are you talking about, Wood? He said, well, Dave, I'm smart. You're bigger than I am, yet it's harder or harder than I do. If I give you a chance, I never get my job back. But every one of those players on that Packer team, all the defensive guys, all the offensive guys were willing to teach you so that the team did better. If, they, if something happened to them, they wanted the team to, to do well. Now, when I got traded to New York. It was Katie Bar the Door. There wasn't that team concept at New York. When I got there and I started taking the kickoffs back and the punts back and irritating my leg, then uh, I had to have knee surgery. And uh, when you have knee surgery, that hurts. So that kind of, that I had two years at New York with injury, about a year and a half in New York. And, and after that, my career was over with. So what do you do with your career when it's over with? You have to go someplace else to do something else. Sometimes that's the hard thing with a lot of a lot of players but I wanted to be a teacher so I wound up being a teacher for 35 years and teaching amazing. and coaching Love oh. that. so here's a scenario that a lot of people don't understand I made fifteen thousand dollars in the first Super Bowl uh, two weeks later I had a principal call me said um, mr. Uh, so-and-so got dr- uh, traded uh, to the Board of Education so we need somebody to take over his job and I had also done my student teaching there, and I also graduated from that King, uh, Kingsbury. He said, well, "Would you teach the rest of the year for us?" I said, "Yeah, I'll teach the rest of the year." So I was trying to work my master's degree, finish up that, getting ready for uh, all of a sudden start teaching. I was making four hundred dollars a month.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> teaching,
3: and Extremely uh, uh, so during that during that year, I made sixteen hundred dollars teaching. So teachers were making about four thousand dollars a year, and. That's a big difference between playing, difference. playing football. Yeah. I learned that if you play for sports, you are making a lot more money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the most fulfilling thing, would, would you say, would be teaching and coaching or playing? I mean, I guess there's two different things.
3: I don't think, I, you know, I made a, a lot of uh, friend playing. There's a lot of teamwork involved in that. But the teaching aspect of it, when you're teaching, you're giving more of yourself mm-hmm. to other people. And you're getting from them more than you ever thought possible uh, I figured out in my career I have coached and taught over 10,000 people you had a tremendous influence in your life and you mm-hmm. don't even you don't think about it and um, well one of the guys the guys that's the uh, chief of police here in Nashville was on my football team at East High School was John he really? John Drake
1: really? oh my mm-hmm. goodness Whoa.
3: one time I was invited over to the office over there and I said where's Big John and he said you can't call him Big John here. <laughs> but he was he was out he's an outstanding individual.
0: Um, as an NFL player, what did you personally do to prepare yourself for a game? For a game? Yep.
3: Well the first thing you talking about on the day of the game?
0: Uh yeah.
3: Well the first thing we did, what do you think we did? The team had prayer group every morning. On Sunday uh, many of the players had different Bible verses and things and we mm-hmm. we had prayer group oh, cool. and that's where we started every day we always started the game itself with the Lord's Prayer and at the end of the game we finished the Lord's Prayer Lombardi usually finished the with the, with the game of the Lord's Prayer wow. so that's how you started now as far as preparing you know you got to eat you got to have good meal.
1: I would imagine you got to eat a lot.
3: Well, we we did, but you you had to eat the same food. Uh, we, I remember we were, but we were getting ready having a pre game pre game meal, and all of a sudden, I took a bite of the eggs, <clears throat> if you can picture this, the eggs tasted like they were kerosene.
0: Oh no, I don't know what that is. It's kerosene. gasoline. It's, it's a- gasoline. Like
3: oh. so, we just put it down. We didn't say anything. We we waited on Lombardi,
0: <laughs> and we just
3: put it all put our stuff down and just waited on Lombardi. And then all of a sudden, Lot and Lombardi took a bite of it, and he screamed and yelled. <laughs> <laughs> and within a matter in a matter of ten minutes, they had new plates of everybody around us.
1: Um, I have a quick question. It kind of ties in the uh, coaching experience that you had, in addition to your playing experience, but. I was wondering, Kaysen is starting his journey in the world of playing football. He is currently practicing for his middle school to try out for the football team. And I was wondering if you have any advice for him as he's hoping to kind of start his own football career.
3: I only have one thing. Listen up. <laughs> work hard.
1: There you go. <laughs>
3: You've got to work hard at it and you gotta work smart, hard and smart. You're gonna have certain situations where uh, people are going to try to uh, make shortcuts. Your teammates and things like that, if people wanna make shortcuts, you don't make shortcuts, you do the things the hard way. Do the things the right way and learn as much as you can about the game. There's a lot of things, but don't make shortcuts. Work hard at it keep on trying. It's like you're interested in something right now there might be some other avenues you might go down. You might want to play basketball. You might want to run track. You might want to do this or that or golf or, you know, but learn the different skills and how they can relate to whatever you're re- really interested in. Because all of, all of those skills that you learn in one sport could be carried over into other sports. And especially the mind, working on the mind, the mind is very important. If you work on your mind and, and exercise your mind, that's, that, that makes it even better.
0: Yes, thanks. Thanks so much for that,
1: Kason. I think we're gonna just go ahead and I think we're ready to to ask our next questions,
0: right? Yep. Uh, Three really quick questions that I ask each guest. Are you ready?
3: Yeah. All right. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Are you ready or no?
3: I'm ready. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, What advice would you give your 12 year old self?
3: Learn about knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. You learn by knowing things. The thing about knowing things and everything is learning them in in this right relationship. There's a lot of things in this world date you don't learn in the right relationship of what everything should be. Um, and then when you do all that, guess what, guess what? Wisdom comes because you apply all that to what you're doing. And If you're able to do that, then you become much greater than you ever thought you'd ever be. That's, that's an amazing thing. If you ever can do that, that would be good. What's your second question?
0: Uh, was there a mentor or teacher that really inspired you when you were growing up?
3: Well, I think I thank my dad more than anybody. I had a, a dad that was very disciplined. He wanted a disciplined life for his children. We When I went to Green Bay, I found out about Lombardi time. When you, when you had a meeting, you, you got there 15 minutes earlier. Well, I knew about that because I had my dad because he always got wherever he was going early. And so my dad was a welder and it, I I didn't realize how intelligent he was to later on because when I started having somebody do welding for me, I said, my dad didn't do like that. And so I, I realized how how intelligent he was. And then later on, he became a teacher after some years he, as a trained welder and then, um, in 1960, he was commissioned to go over to Vietnam for, to teach the Vietnam people how to weld. Wow. They were preparing for the war over mm-hmm. there at that time. Then after, when he came back, he started teaching. My dad was a very smart man and very common sense type man, so hopefully I'll have a little of that. Well, I love that
1: you followed in his footsteps with teaching. And well, inspiring so many people from that, and I'm sure a lot of people were inspired he, he by your Dad. Me. He said, "Do the right thing." Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: right. So, um, our final question is: pizza or steak?
3: Wait, well, what do you think? What do you think you would like? <laughs>
0: oh, um, probably pizza. I mean, there's like a variety of pizza that you can get. I only
3: have one answer: both. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because you could put the pizza
1: on the ste- or steak on the pizza.
3: Now or- I, did, I did have I did have the ability to uh, buy a pizza business. Oh. Uh, we had uh, Bob Long had tried to get all the Green Bay Packers to get get a, involved in a pizza business.
1: And he's a former <coughs> teammate of yours. He was
3: a former. He's 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 still alive.
2: Okay.
3: And he's a teammate. I think he's still alive. He was in a pizza business, and he uh, he said if you bought got invested in this pizza business for. Ten thousand dollars, you might make some money, and so I didn't get involved. I didn't have ten thousand dollars, and uh, well, I had it, but I didn't want to invest in it. I never in Memphis. I never heard about pizza very much. So a couple of years ago, I said, "Well, what would that ten thousand dollars be worth today?" He said, "Well, five to ten million
1: What? Uh, it,
3: <laughs> it was Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh, what? It was Pizza. Oh Hut.
1: my goodness! So, oh, no.
3: Uh, I didn't invest crazy. in pizza that, but now I, I I invest in pizza a lot, and I really <laughs> enjoy pizza. Yeah. So I I enjoy, and when you say both, I like both of them at the same I time. Go. I like to eat both of them. I, I don't go. want to separate them. Now I bet you didn't have anybody else say that, did we? You? Have not. No. <laughs> I'm a hungry man. Well, <laughs> well
1: speaking of I hungry, I know win. we're we're running over on our time, but we just want to thank you so much for Thanks taking so much. the time to chat with us and share your stories. And gosh, it's well, been, just, just been great. Well, I just
3: want to thank you because, you know, as old as I am now and, and young people that want to be involved in some things and learning about things. And I know the organization of what you're doing is, is really great. And I don't know how many young people as your age would be willing to do this. That's well, I, I really appreciate it. Anytime Absolutely. I get a chance to talk to young people, particularly be part of your life. I I enjoy that. So, I'm still a teacher. That's right.
0: <laughs> right. Thanks again for joining us on the show. It's really been awesome to have you on. Just thanks for joining us.
3: Casey. thank you so much. It's yes. been a pleasure being here. <laughs>